your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Monday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Happy free agency week. Um, in less than 48 hours, we will get free agency underway. Of course, it's been very quiet with the Penguins. There have been a couple of rumors, which I'll get to today, uh, namely uh, hometown hero Brandon Zahn. Okay, my thoughts on that. I know I touched on it earlier in the offseason, but... I'll share some updated thoughts with you all um, later in this episode. We'll also talk about the Pens players that they drafted this past weekend in the NHL draft and get my thoughts on those. You know, spoiler alert, you know, I'm not the biggest person with so much knowledge on prospects. I think that's like the least amount, or excuse me, I think that's like the least thing that I follow when it comes to the NHL as prospects, but I'm still going to share my thoughts on it. Because it looks like they've got some pretty decent players with this draft class. We also have some Mike Sullivan news to get to today as he's been named uh, the coach of Team USA for the 2022 Olympics in Beijing. We'll also talk about Zach Aston Reese um, and how it looks like he got his qualifying offer. But to start off this show, um, I, I, I guess we will do um, the Aston Reese thing. So just actually a couple minutes before I started recording, Frank Cervelli, um, who of course leaked the entire expansion team from the Daily Faceoff Hockey, that's where he works, um, he tweeted out that the Pens will be qualifying Zach Ashton Reese today. He touched on it last night that he had heard that they had made had may not uh, qualify him, which would have made no sense, I think, in my opinion, but um, they are giving him his qualifying offer. What's going to happen next, in case anyone is not aware, um, he's likely going to decline it. I do not think he's going to accept that qualifying offer. Um, I know it's not much, but he's also worth um, a bit more than that. He's probably going to be seeking a multi-year deal. If I had to guess right now, he'll probably get a two- to three-year deal with Pittsburgh for around $2 million per. Um, Jason, obviously from Penguin Sorter, was talking to me this morning about what that contract could look like. Um, he thinks that they could pretend, um, his agent could be asking for more because he almost had a 10-goal season and his offense this year was just much better than it was last year. But again, it, it, it's not going to be two and a half to three million or something. I think at most it's 2.3 million. Um, but this is a contract that should hopefully get done um, by the time free agency rolls around on Wednesday. So Pittsburgh will know how much cap space they'll truly have. Uh, to spend on the goaltender and then maybe a left winger, which of course they need, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not really sure when that's expected to be done, but still good news that they are qualifying him. And we're just, we're waiting for any day now uh, for when they're going to sign Aston Reese to an extension. Uh, getting to the next little bit of news for Pittsburgh. Congratulations to Mike Sullivan on being named the head coach of Team USA um, at the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics. This is so well-deserved by him. He is a top-five coach in hockey, the best American coach, best American-born coach in the league right now. And if he somehow leads Team USA to gold, I know beating Team Canada is a very tall task. Whenever um, any of the players go over, um, that would, I think, cement him as... Um, one of the greatest coaches in American history. I know he's probably almost up there already, but I think it would definitely cement it as 
a top three coach in American history if Sullivan is able to win the gold medal there. And again, you know, I don't actually have to root against my home country this time because in 2016, when they had the World Cup of Hockey, you know, obviously I didn't really watch the 2018 Olympics because I don't need to watch a a team full of Troy Terrys and a bunch of other players. But, you know, back in 2016, when the USA, the the management, they had the World Cup of Hockey, they went for like these grind guy players, putting Brandon Dubinsky on there. Eric Johnson, you know, over the likes of Phil Kessel. I mean, did, did TJ Oshie even make the team? There are so many other really good skilled players that didn't make it either. But I think with Sullivan now being the head coach, he's going to lobby for having a fast, skilled, but mobile team. You're going to see the best players in this country at this competition. You know, yeah, you're not going to see Brandon Dubinsky on there. You're not going to see Eric Johnson or Jack Johnson or all, all these other grind guy kind of players. You're going to see... The Kachuk brothers, you're going to see Austin Matthews. Jake Ensel is 100% a lock for this. You'll see Patrick Kane. Maybe you'll see Joe Pavelski. I think you'd see John Gibson in net. Probably Seth Jones, I would think, as well on the back end. Maybe Zach Wierenski. I'm sure TJ Oshie is going to make this team as well. But there's so many really freaking good USA-born players that will make this team in 2022. And I'm going to be curious to see how Sullivan does with this group of players. Obviously, they're going to be a very tough out in whatever group they go into. I don't think they're going to be able to beat Team Canada because they can just roll McDavid and Crosby at a one-two punch. And, you know, John Tavares... Jonathan Taves, if he's healthy, and basically every other freaking elite player um, in the NHL on their team to basically make them unstoppable. But again, you know, this is Mike Sullivan's moment. Congratulations to him. This has been a long time coming, and in my opinion, he was the only logical choice to be uh, the coach of Team USA in the Winter Olympics. So again, congratulations to him on that. Also, uh, Mike DeFabo is reporting right as I'm recording this that they've also extended a qualifying offer to Redeem Sahorna. That's going to be a very cheap deal in case anyone was wondering. I think that's going to be maybe a one to two year deal, 700K two way deal. I, I don't know if he's going to make the team out of camp. I don't think they would do a one way deal for Zahorna. I liked him when he played, but they're going to want flexibility to send him down to Wilkesbury uh, when they inevitably make changes to the team, whether that's in free agency or or via a trade. So I would assume that's going to be a one or two year deal, a two way deal also with around 700 K. I think that's the contract that they um, will come to. Also the Pittsburgh Penguins just announced on the official Twitter account, Mark Jankowski, Sam Miletek, um, Emil Larmy, Jesper Lindgren uh, did not receive qualifying offers and they will all become UFAs on Wednesday. So yes, that puts the end to the Mark Jankowski era in Pittsburgh. Uh, mercifully, because he was obviously so bad. Sam Miletek, I mean, he came up, what, a couple times. I'm sure he'll get a two-way deal in free agency. Um, Emil Army, I'm sure he'll get a two-way deal with the team. Jesper Lindgren, um, the same. Um, but still, good news that they both extended qualifying offers to Aston Reese and Zahorna, and I would expect those contracts to be wrapped up hopefully within the next couple of days, but definitely, I think, within the next week or two. Other than that, there's nothing dire right now um, with Penguins news, though I expect we, we are going to get some big Pens news, I would say, 
Um, within the next day or two, um, Rob Rossi and Josh Yoey over the weekend reported that uh, Pittsburgh has upped their pursuit for a goalie. There's been a lot of Darcy Kemper talk. I am on board to trade for him. I think Arizona would have to eat some cap space. I'm probably going to go a little more into that coming up in the next segment, but um, he would definitely, I think, be a huge upgrade over Tristan Jari. And yes, I understand a lot of uh, Yinzers are saying, well, you know, what about the injury problems? And yes, I, I get it. You know, there, there definitely are some injury concerns. This past season only played 27 games. Um, his goal save above expected was minus 0.2. So definitely a room for improvement. But if you go back to last season, um, when he, again, when he was hurt, but he played much better, um, he had 7.7 goals saved above expected according to Money Pod. And I also got some much better stats for you as well. So his save percentage on unblocked shots for the 2020 regular season. Season, 960. His expected save percentage on unblocked shots, 956 that season. Um, his save percentage on shots on goal, 927. His goals against was 2.26. Um, he had a better he had a 0.26 goals against average better than expected and was worth 1.28 wins above replacement. So this is a goalie who is really freaking good when healthy. Sure, he only has a year left on his contract, but you deal with that after it's expired. I know that the price sounds like it's really high right now, but this is a player that Pittsburgh should be going after if they want to upgrade the goaltending position. You do not want to go after someone such as a Jonathan Quick, who is still signed to that awful contract. He's not good anymore. I'm going to talk about Braden Holby coming up in the next segment, as well as a few other goalie options, because it sounds like the goalie market is really starting to heat up. And I'm also going to continue talking about Kemper as well. So um, I, I'm all for it if they want to trade for him, but uh, it'll all depend on if Ron Hextall wants to pay the price that Arizona is asking. Um, I've also been told through just a couple little birdies. Um, Chad also said this on Penguins Twitter today. And you know, guys, you, you all know me. If you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, I don't claim to be the biggest Penguins insider. I don't have all this intel and whatnot, but I can tell you from talking to a couple people that um, they definitely are interested in him. And Chad, no one from the 412 Sports Talk with DK, DK Pittsburgh Sports also confirmed that on Twitter today that he's talked with someone as well who confirmed that they do have interest in Kemper and they're hoping to get him. So this is very real. We'll just have to see if Pittsburgh can somehow lock it down and get a trade for Kemper. But before we do get to the next segment, uh, we cannot forget about Bilt Bar. They have so many delicious flavors. There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavor, as well. You are missing out. There's orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, strawberry, salted caramel, double chocolate, etc. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Um, not only are the Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. You can go to Bilt.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, welcome back here to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, all right, let's get right down to it. The goalie market. This is going to be really fascinating to watch, I think. We've already touched on Darcy Kemper again. I'll just I'll reiterate what I said, guys. I mean, his his stats are really good. I think if in the for a trade options, this is your number one 
target. I've seen people throw around Braden Holpe and, you know, how this could be. And yes, I understand it would be hilarious if Pittsburgh got him considering what he did with Washington and leading them to the Stanley Cup and how Capitals fans have a very big emotional attachment to him and then they would have to root against him for like a year or two. Yes, that will be funny. Big time chaos. But also, everyone, Braden Holpe is not that good anymore. Um, this is now two consecutive seasons that he has been um, below average. They're trying to buy him. Well, they're trying to trade him, the Vancouver Canucks, that is, before buying him out. But this past season, only played in 21 games, 7 wins, 889 save percentage. That is the lowest of his career. And then last his last season with the Capitals when he was he played 48 games, um, went 25-14 and 6, but only finished with an 897 save percentage and a 3.11 goals against average. Um, I think his goals saved above average was minus, I think, 16.8 that season. This year it was uh minus um 13.0, so just flat out horrible. Uh I would not touch Braden Holpe at all. He's probably one of the worst options for Pittsburgh. Again, Jonathan Quick, just say no on that. But if they are if the Penguins do tip their toes into the free agent market, I think a really good one that sounds like is not going to back to Carolina and Rob Rossi and Josh Yoey touched on this in their article over the weekend is Peter Morazic. This past season, um if you look at the numbers uh played in I think 12 12 games in the regular season, uh, his goal save above expected was 7.1. Um, his save percentage on unblocked shots, 957. His expected saves percentage on unblocked shots was 954, so he outdid his expected save percentage. And then his save percentage for shots on goal was 923. So uh, that's a lot better than Tristan Jari. His goals against was 2.12. Um, this is a goalie who he's just he, he's always been steady I thought throughout his career you know during uh, 2020 started 40 games his goal save above expected was a bit lower at minus 2.7 um, his save percentage with shots on goal was at 904 but again he really followed that up with a much stronger season this past season um with a 923% save percentage with shots on goal and then a 7.1 goal save above expected. So you can probably get him for cheap. I would say a one to two year deal. Um, he's not going to look be looking to break the bank, I don't think. Maybe below a few million, if that. Um, he's definitely high on my list. Elliot Friedman also talked about in his quickie blog last night. Where, what is the lineup or what is the, excuse me, what is the market for Linus Olmark? He is another option that I really liked. If I can go to uh, Money Puck here, um, his goal save above expected was not that good this last year at th minus 3.6, but you know, he also played on a pretty bad Buffalo team, but his save percentage on shots on goal was 917. His save percentage on unblocked shots was 952. So this is a goaltender that I think played a lot better than some of his stats indicated, especially his goal save um, above expected. I think if you put him in front of a much better defensive course and a, a much better floor group, um, he would blow that right out of the water. Um, there's also Antti Ranta, who I've talked about as well. I don't know how much interest there is from the Penguin side um, with that. He's actually going to be a UFA, unlike Kemper, but it sounds like uh, Carolina 
could be potentially taking a run at him because he had a decent season with the Coyotes, and they're also probably going to go a little cheaper because uh, their owner just likes to go full Bob Nutting for the sake of going full Bob Nutting. I really don't understand it. I know some people are probably going to ask me, you know, what about Philip Grubauer? What about Philip Grubauer with the, uh, with the uh, Colorado Avalanche? Everyone, he's not going to come to Pittsburgh. Um, according to Elliot Friedman, he wants uh, close to a 6 times 6 deal. The Penguins just do not have the cap space to pay him, uh, nor should they ever give a goalie that much money unless it's for a prime Carey Price or a prime Henrik Lundqvist or, of course, you know what they did with Marc-Andre Fleury. You know, I, I would have given him maybe that kind of deal uh, back when he was well in his prime, but, you know, Philip Grubauer, that's just, that's a mistake waiting to happen, I think, in my opinion, for any team that signs him, even though he was a Vezina nominee this year. And I think that's basically it when it comes to goalies. Again, I think if I had to rank in tiers, uh, my top three, um, Darcy Kemper, Linus Olmark and Peter Morozik. My bottom, uh, my second tier, I think Frederick Anderson, Auntie Ranta, Martin Jones, I guess, closer to the bottom of tier two than in tier three. Um, Jonathan Quick, Braden Holtby, and a lot of the other goalies that are hitting the market this summer as well. So those are my thoughts on that. Um, coming up in the next segment, we are going to touch on the brain and sod talk from Elliot Friedman's blog and what I think the contract will look like for him, plus what I would pay him um, if I were the Penguins because this signing makes all the sense in the world. But before we do get to that, it is time to talk about Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. I mean, my nationals are getting ready to sell, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of live bets when it comes to who or where Max Scherzer is going to go. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code locked on. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So last night in Elliot Freeman's little quickie blog from what he's been hearing going into free agency, you know, he put some predictions um, for where he thinks some players are going to go, and he listed four teams when it comes to hometown boy Brandon Saad. It was the New York Islanders, the Los Angeles Kings, the St. Louis Blues, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I understand this will make a lot of Yinzers go crazy if the team is able to sign Brandon Saad. And again, this does make a lot of sense. You could do a whole lot worse than signing someone such as Brandon Saad to replace Jared McCann. I tweeted about this last night on my Twitter account. You know, if you go to Evolving Hockey and you look at the underlying numbers, um, his actual goals for per 60 was a little over one. I know McCann's was well over two, but, you know, expected goals for per 60. Um, Sods was actually higher than McCann um, for chances for per 60. Sods is better. I'm sure McCann had the better expected goals against per 60 um, and the chances against per 60, but these two players are very similar. And again, I also saw this as well. I know he shot... 22% last season. Um, that's probably going to come down this year. I mean, you're, you're not going to be a career 22% shooter. I mean, that, that's just basically not going to happen at this point. But here's the bottom line here, folks. The Penguins have a need for a pure left winger on this team. You cannot think going into next season that you can fill both Brandon Tanev and Jared McCann's roles internally. They just don't have the prospects in their minor league and farm system that can come up and fill them adequately. I mean, that's just, that's not going to happen. They have to look outside the organization and Saad is a perfect candidate 
to come in here and help the team for several years. And, you know, I know a lot of people will be scared about term when it comes to Saad. In my opinion, this is what my contract would be if I were looking at Saad. Four years, four to 4.2 million per. You know, Jeff from the Pens blog pointed out this morning, and I agree with him, you know, if you only can use him for two to three years and say the team is really bad after three years of that contract, and they're probably going to sell going into the deadline. You can just dump him in his full salary or even eat just a little bit of it because teams would line up to get a player like him just because he's won the Stanley Cup a couple times. He's a little bit of a hard-nosed player, goes to the dirty areas to score goals, and he's just an all-around good player. So you can definitely, you would definitely get something for him at the deadline if the team ever does become bad towards the end of Sidney Crosby and of getting Malkin's tenure. I know Evolving Hockey has him projected at four times 4.9. I think 4.9 is a bit high. I think what Saad is going to be looking for is five times five, so five years, 25 million. That's too much for me. I don't think I would pay that if I were the Penguins, but again, if if they're giving they're gonna give him a four-year term, four million per, four point one million per, I think the team should be all over that. And again, everyone, if the team is not good after year three, they can just dump him in the offseason or dump him at the trade deadline, and they could get a pretty decent return for him, I would think. You know, he's gonna be 32 to 33 towards the end of that deal. And teams would line up to take him, I think, with everything that he has done for his career. So signing me up for Saad to come home to Pittsburgh, we'll have to see what happens as free agency gets closer on Wednesday but in terms of replacing McCann you could do a lot worse than this and I am fully on board with bringing home Saad to Pittsburgh but you know I also will say again Tomas Tatar, it's a better option. He has better underlying numbers than Saad. If you can stick him on the left wing, I think he could come cheap as well. So we'll have to see if the Penguins do have interest in him. There's also a player that I did see that was just not qualified by the Chicago Blackhawks, and it makes no sense, and that is um, Pius Suter. So he had a rookie season with the Blackhawks this past year, um, was only 24 and had 14 goals, 27 points in the 55 games. Um, if you look at his... Um, his wins of rubber placement, you know, just looking at Jay Fresh's stuff, 77%, um, 75% for even strike offense, 80% for even strike defense, um, finishing ability, 67%, goals per 60, 78%. He only made 900K against the cap. He's definitely not going to be making that um, next season, but if you could sign him for a, a multi-year deal for 2 to 2.1 million per or something like that that makes a lot of sense for a Brandon Tanner replacement because of course they'll be looking to fill his role since he left for the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft. I understand the team is probably going to re-sign Freddie Goudreau, but even with that, I still think they have a need for another bottom six forward. I think Suter um, fits that mold perfectly, and if I were Pittsburgh um, and Ron Hextall, I would be all over that because I cannot believe that the Chicago Blackhawks did not give them a qualifying offer. They they can't do anything right right now, even when it comes to actual hockey decisions because we all know what's going on with them off the ice. That is just a rotten organization organization and franchise right now. Um, they are just an absolute freaking mess. And it didn't help matters when they just embarrassed themselves with the NHL draft when they trotted out those um, eight women to select the pick. I mean, that was just so phony. It was cringeworthy. They just, they're not reading the room at all. And it felt so forced as well. I mean, we all know what happened with the Montreal Canadiens um, this weekend with drafting Logan Mayu. 
I guess I'll honestly just end the show with my thoughts on that. I mean, it was just disgraceful. It's disgusting. It's whatever bad word you want to call it. Um, the fact that the NHL does not have an opt-out for any player with NHL draft is also absolutely pathetic. Uh, if they had that, this potentially could not have happened in the first place. But again, you know, I'm just, I'm tired of hockey culture being so freaking backwards. You know, oh, just because you're a good player, we'll, we'll draft you even though you, you you committed a sex crime. And it's just like, I mean, what, what are we doing here? I mean, the guy literally said he did not want to be drafted because he did not deserve to be drafted. And then Mark Bergevin has the audacity who, hint, hint, of course, was uh, involved in the Chicago Blackhawks sexual assault scandal because he was with the team at the time when those incidents were reported but did nothing about it. Of course, he's the one to make the selection. And he also said in the statement that they were proud to make the selection. It's like, yeah, dude, like w way to read the freaking room and just make an, a complete idiot of yourself. And again, everyone, I'm just, I'm so tired of hockey culture being so backwards. It was absolutely disgusting to see that. Um, the NHL just needs to adopt a no tolerance policy when it comes to this stuff. Um, these players, um, even though they can say that they don't want to be drafted, they shouldn't even be, um, in the discussion to get drafted anyway. I think they should be ineligible, um, in my opinion. And again, they also need to have an opt-out date for when players can actually not be drafted at all rather than saying they just don't want to be drafted even though their name is still in the NHL draft registry. But again, you know, just shame on the Montreal Canadiens for doing that. And I'm sure they're going to be all over the Tony D'Angelo and the uh, Jake Vertanen sweepstakes this summer considering um, how shitty both of those humans are as well. But again, that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm sorry for ending in on a little bit of a sour note. I'm just really sick and tired of hockey culture in the way that it's just, it's not getting any better at this point. We'll have another episode tomorrow where we'll see if the Penguins will do something leading up to free agency. Keep it right here on Locked On Penguins. I know you won't want to miss what happens this week. It's going to be busy. You know, it's, it's silly season. Let's see what the team does to improve themselves going into next year. And I'll have everything covered for you all all week long on the Locked On Penguins podcast. So I'll, I'll talk to you all later.